Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing. We just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Good morning and welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'll be your host. And today I want to talk about growth. I want to talk about growth as an artist. And I want to talk about this because it's really difficult sometimes first to notice when we are starting to stall, um, partly because we get into this really beautiful flow of the way that we produce our work and we're able to produce results over and over again and we're doing things that we like and our customers are happy. So my first question about growth as an artist is, is it even important? I mean, once we get to a point where we are having results that we're happy with on a consistent basis and we're making the money we want to make and we're running the business we want to run or, you know, working for the company we want to work for. Is growth important? Is it one of those things that if it's important to you, it's important? Or should we even be convincing people who don't think it's important that it's important? Um, So that is part of the question because I have found that a lot of the answers in our art discussions really come down to if it works for you, it works. And if it's important to you, it's important. And so I'm wondering, are there any principles about growth that are important across the board? So be considering that. But then the other thing I would love to ask everybody today about growth as an artist is, let's assume that it is important to you. How do we accomplish that? I know in the first few stages of mastery, growth tends to happen relatively quickly and um, relatively predictably. So what I mean by that is if you've never heard of the ladder of mastery before, I mentioned it several times in here, but it is essentially this. We begin in any artistic pursuit or any pursuit of mastery really on any level in unconscious incompetence, meaning we don't know what we don't know. And this sometimes can be uh, the most joyous stage because we don't realize what our art really looks like. We see it, we think it's fantastic. We're just excited to be here making things. And so we're just, we're charging ahead at full speed. But the problem is we don't know that there's rocks ahead and we don't know enough about what we don't know to even predict the fact that there will be rocks there. The next stage that we move into is called conscious incompetence. And this is a little bit more painful. This is where we realize what we don't know. And so we're able to now actually see the work that we're creating with a little bit more objectivity. And we recognize, okay, so maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe there's much more to learn. And that usually spurs on the learning process. The third phase of mastery is called conscious competence. And this is where we are now starting to recognize what it will require from us to create the kind of work that we want to create. We now can produce things 
a little bit more often that we're proud of, but it takes a conscious effort. We really still have to think our way through this creation process in order to make the things that we want to make. And then the final stage in mastery is unconscious competence. And this is where all artists and creators want to get to. This is, I do it because it feels right. And that it feels right is based upon all of the knowledge that you have gathered and the experiences that you have. And you now no longer have to think your way through, well, I should put my light here because, and I should change my shutter speed because, and I should choose this particular hair for this brush because, and I should add linseed oil here because, you just do it because now you know how. So at this stage, this is where growth can often stall and peter out because now we are doing things purely by instinct. We have a workflow that we're comfortable with. We're moving along at a chug and pace. And most often we have fans of our work. We have buyers. These things are happening. So at this stage, like any stage, there's going to be a spectrum, right? You will have professionals um, at every end from I am the world-class person selling art at the most expensive uh, levels that anybody has ever reached. And I am a working professional who is selling what I want to sell and, you know, just getting into this world. So, of course, that spectrum in mastery also exists. But as with anything, and I'm going to use sports here as an example because it's such a clear example, there is still growth to be had but it's much more difficult. Those first few stages of growth, you're kind of growing by leaps and bounds. You're learning things, you're putting them into practice. Everything is new. When you get to a certain level of mastery, it can become really difficult to grow because number one, you have already a consistent workflow. You have a certain way of working that you're really comfortable with. Number two, you're getting positive results. So there is not always a real impetus on us to continue growing at that point. And number three, it requires a lot more effort in order to make smaller jumps in growth. And you can see this if you look at any professional sport, the difference often between the winner and the loser can be millimeters, regularly millimeters, if you look at swimming or if you look at, you know, running or even just um, climbing. The differences between climbing a 512 and a 512 plus can require months and months of training and somebody to coach you through just making the very smallest adjustments in how you move something as small as just your head i've seen people climb a route over and over again and fall at the same spot until they realized that when they reached a certain hold they had to turn their head to the left until they got to the next one which is a strange thing to do but you that's something you would not be able to realize if you hadn't already reached that level of mastery and being able to grow even that tiny amount is incredibly difficult. So clearly there's kind of two big questions in, in today's discussion. Is it even important? Can you get to good enough and just be happy there and be like, Hey, this is where we live now and it's great. Or should we be, very intent on that continued growth. And if we are intent on that continued growth, how do we get there? What things do you do as an artist to ensure that you're not stagnating? So that is my thought this morning. 
as I have been submersing myself in the art world lately and just looking at questions artists are asking each other and themselves. And I wonder this for myself. And I wonder this for y'all. So that is the question today. If you have an answer or you have some experience, we want to hear from you. But first, let's begin with folks on the panel today. Is continued growth important past a certain state? And if it is, how do we get there? So I'll start with the hippie stuff, as always, um, and ask a couple of complementary questions, which is, what's the intention behind you wanting to grow? Is it for your art? Is it for your finances? Is it for the adulation from others? Like, what is, why is growth important to you, starting there? Is it coming from a place where you're actually content with where you are, but know that you can push yourself further? Or is it coming from a place of discontent where you feel like you have to grow because of some unknown pressure? And the reason I ask all this is just to, again, stress the self-awareness. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Dig into that. Figure out why you feel anxiety that you're not growing. Are you comparing yourself to other people? Do you think that you have more in you and you just don't have the techniques or capabilities yet because you haven't learned those techniques or capabilities? But for me, it always starts with questions. And, you know, the, the topic of growth is an interesting one because I've been feeling that lately. I've been feeling relatively stagnant. I've been feeling like my work isn't necessarily evolving where I want it to go. That being said, I look back and I see how much evolution has occurred in a short period of time. So I have to understand that growth is constantly happening just by my act of showing up every day. It might not be accelerated to the speed that I want it to be, um, but the act of showing up every day and those small steps are compounding into significant growth. The other part is, you know, Am I giving myself the time to be present and content with where I have come and what I am creating? And have I taken a hard look at that and saying, is this representative of me? And do I need to grow? Do I need to push what I'm doing in this moment further? Or can I just push in a different direction? Doesn't necessarily mean that what I've created this far isn't good enough. What it means is that it was perfect for where I was at the moment. Now, am I still content with that or do I have to move in another direction to fulfill part of me? And I think they're important questions to ask and they sound a little bit esoteric and metaphysical, but I, I think they're important questions to ask constantly. What is your intention? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Are you being present? Are you content? Are you comparing yourself to other people? I think all of these really factor into the notion of, do I need to grow or not? Is growth important? Absolutely. But I think it's different for everybody and there is no one way to properly grow for an individual. Woo woo. <laughs> um, I think you're right. And, and the idea that there's no one way to properly grow and I would even expand that given your initial the initial part of your explanation by saying there's probably no one right time either um being you know checking in with ourselves and 
asking ourselves those questions about our intentions and why is it important to us to to grow or why are we comfortable where we are, et cetera, I think is really a big key. Um, and so then the question becomes, if we determine one thing or the other, is it then just a question of looking at the results we're getting and asking ourselves, am I still cool with this? Like, if I come to the point where, and I, I'm asking this because I think what Kat mentioned yesterday really plays a role in this. Um, you know, she mentioned the fact that there are times when all of a sudden, after we've done something enough times, we just get bored. And I wonder if that boredom is also kind of a flag of going, hey, you know what, this is, it's been enough times now, the rose has worn off the glasses, this is not as exciting as it used to be, maybe it's time for some experimentation. And of course, experimentation and, and trying things in a new way always leads to growth, because now we have new avenues in which to expand. So is it kind of just the results, do you think, Matt, of am I, what's my intentions, where am I at? And then we look at those results and ask if they kind of match what we were hoping for. And that either reinforces or lets us know, okay, maybe I need to dig a little deeper. Maybe I'm not as cool as I thought I was, or maybe something has changed and it's a good time to re-explore. I, I think self-satisfaction is a big part of this. Can you look at yourself and you say, I'm satisfied with this? And if the answer is yes, great. Keep doing that until you're dissatisfied with it and you need to go in a different direction or grow a little bit more. But I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be something more rather than looking at ourselves and appreciating what we are. So there's a lot there that is hard reflection to say, am I satisfied with the work that I'm creating? Is it good enough? Is it giving me the things that I want in life? Do I need to be more? If I need to be more and I need to grow, is that for me to feel better, to feel more joy, to experience bigger things, to create art that speaks to my heart more? Or is it to grow, to try to match what someone else is doing? If you can answer that question honestly, you can really look at it and say, I'm growing for me, then I am all for it. We're, we're organisms that need to grow, that need to go through a life cycle. But if we're doing it for somebody else, if we're not saying I am and we're saying they are and I want to be that, that's a different intention altogether. So when it comes to personal growth, it really does start with asking yourself some of the very personal questions of why do you want the growth? From there, you can take the different roads. Does that answer your question? It does. And I actually want to um, want to challenge that a little bit from a, a kind of devil's advocate perspective, because I agree with you. But then I wonder for folks who um, want to, you know, be a, a successful working artist in, in their field, is it not also maybe important to recognize maybe we are potentially happy with where we're at, but maybe the level that we're at right now isn't actually reaching the bar of that field and where other working artists are at. Is it safe at that point, do you think, to use somebody else as a measuring stick to say, maybe I'm, I'm happy with what I made, but if I look at what I made in comparison, it doesn't reach those standards yet and I won't be able to compete in my field. Do you think that is a suitable, um, a suitable time where the growth isn't necessarily for us as far as the contentment with our art, but for us as far as our goals and being able to make money in the marketplace, is that an okay time to use somebody else as a kind of measuring stick? Yeah, again, I think it comes down to what's your intention, right? If your intention is to grow a business, 
right? Instead of just making art. If your intention is to grow a business with art as a product, then yeah, of course there are, there are ways that you can look at others and see how am I, how are they doing it successfully? Is that something that speaks to me, right? I'm not Machiavellian. I'm not going to step on my friends to get ahead, but I will look at other successful people and say, what are they doing? And reverse engineer it and take the bits and pieces that will work for my business. I think there's, there's always ways to ask the question of why you're doing something. And in that particular case, I would see it as, all right, I want to grow because I want to be able to build my business. I want certain financial security or security for my family, whatever it might be. Um, and I don't know what I need to do to get there. So you start looking around, you start looking for influence and inspiration. And from there, growth starts to happen because you're adding experience and knowledge. And from there, you can't help but grow. So I think, again, it always comes down to intention for me. I totally get what you're saying. And I mean, we're humans. We're going to look around. We're going to do comparison. We're going to do these things. But you have to ask yourself in the dark of the night, in the depths of your heart, why are you doing the things you're doing? Why do you want the things that you want? None of those answers are going to be wrong. Your brain will come up with an answer. But just understand, is that the answer that you're looking for? And is it, does it speak to your soul? Or are you doing it for another reason comparison or envy or whatever it is so um yeah that's just the way that i look at it no i love that and um i think that there's a great difference too between weighing those questions against i hate to use this but against the, the purity of the intention right like is this is the intention here one of because i am treating myself badly if that makes any sense like is is this one of those lacking things where um, it's a result of, like you said, those, those kind of emotions or motivations that can feel negative. Like I need to be better than so-and-so, or I'm just never going to be good enough or, you know, whatever it is. Um, as opposed to there's, I know I'm capable. Oh my goodness. Sorry. My dogs like ice cubes. And anytime you get into the freezer, they hear it and they come running because they want the ice cubes. And if, the big dog finishes his ice cube first and the pug has not finished her ice cube. He gets very upset and jealous of her ice cubes. So, <clears throat> I think he's going to be quiet now, but good grief. <laughs> anyway, um, the difference between those, those motivations and, and we'll call them like, you know, the dark side and the light side, um, the dark side being the kind of the negative motivations of not feeling good enough or, um, comparing yourself to others or perfectionism versus maybe the light side of, I know that I can, I know that I'm capable of more, or I have the motivation to do things I can't do yet, as opposed to the other side. I don't know if that, if I just got really wonky into like fantasy territory, but does that make any sense? And do you think that there is any good thing to be had maybe out of those darker motivations or are those purely self-destructive? I don't think they're self-destructive. I think it gives you insight as to how you really work. Um, I think it's natural to have all those thoughts and to look at everything and to want things. But I mean, it's just, it's, it's important to listen to what you feel is important, right? I get challenged with this all the time. I'm constantly doing comparison. I'm constantly wanting more. Um, and for me, sometimes that does become destructive because it's veering me off my path for what gives me enjoyment and what makes me an artist in the first place. So I'm constantly course correcting. 
Um, but I've got my true north. I know what I want to do. I know the, the the goals that I have. And anything that takes me off that path, I just gently course correct and get back on the path. But a lot of this is daily struggle with wanting to grow, wanting to be more, knowing that you're capable of more, having ambition, and also keeping that centered on what it is that you're that you're doing all of this for in the first place. And only you can decide what that is. Okay, I love that. So I'm, I'm really like that we're beginning this conversation with the question of intention. Um, when we're asking, is growth even important after a certain point, right? Like after we've reached some level of, of mastery and joy with what we're doing, is growth even important? Well, is it, right? Like that's the question we have to ask ourselves. And then why? If it is, why? If it's not, why? Are those answers that we can live with, that we're happy with, that really reflect who we are, where we're at, where we want to be, all of those things. So beginning with that deep understanding of yourself, as we so often do in the discussions with this room, um, I think is so important. And I'm really glad that we're starting there. And so I want to take that as a really great foundation and then ask the rest of the panelists this morning. And um, I'm sorry, I saw a hand up earlier. I want to let you know, we will get to you guys. Um, we just want to kind of reserve the, the very beginnings for the panelists and then pull y'all up afterwards. So do not lose hope. We want to hear from you. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to bring you up. So if you have thoughts this morning around growth as an artist, what it looks like, how we get there, is it even something we should be chasing um, now is, is definitely the time. We will bring you up, I promise. So don't be afraid to raise your hand. But Kat, Becca, Bassam is on the phone, but I'm sure he'll be back to us in a minute. Is growth important? If it is, how do we get there? What are some things that we can do to start growing past wherever we're at right now? I would say growth is important overall, whether in business or, or as a hobby, um, because you want to see, you know, you evolve as a person, as an artist. Um, but I also think it depends on life stage too. You know, like um, a really good friend of mine is, you know, in her late 60s. And, you know, she's perfectly content with the business that she has. But she does like to occasionally explore different avenues. Um, with her, her art in particular, but she's not hungry for it. You know, like it's a thing that is sort of like a fun playtime for her, um, as opposed to like a diligent pursuit. Um, and she accredits a lot of that just to look, you know, like I'm, you know, in the, the, the twilight, if you will. Um, and my priorities aren't necessarily growth beyond here, but moreover, you know, just experience in the moment. Um, and if that moment happens to lend itself to growth and curiosity, then awesome. But she's not seeking it out. Whereas somebody like me, you know, I'm, I'm 46 and I'm in motion. I'm with my business, uh, you know, and I'm in a constant pursuit of, of growth. And I occasionally have to tell myself, shut up and have a seat and like just get better at what I am now or at least more proficient um, so that when I am ready to take that next step and start looking and seeking out new avenues or techniques or you know insert thing here that I'm ready to receive it because I've mastered at this level. 
Okay, that's a really great point. And I think um, something that ties really beautifully into what Matt just said, that question of where am I at right now and am I ready to receive that? And I think that's a really, really great way for us to, to ask ourselves that question because we're going to go through those phases where we are in that stasis really comfortably and happily, right? And then other times when we start to get those feelings that you were talking about yesterday where it just doesn't feel like enough right now or it doesn't feel like we're moving or the excitement is starting to wane or whatever it is and it, it just doesn't, it's not enough or we're bored and then we have to start chasing down why and how, and how we start to grow from that point. So I think that's a really great point as well. Um, and when you, when you do feel like you're ready to receive it, Kat, what are some of the things that you do to start moving down towards growth? What are you seeking out? Or are there any things that you've recognized as a pattern of behavior that help you grow? Um, I would say, you know, curiosity first and foremost, like, you know, we all have those habits, right? Like say we're speaking about photography specifically. We have those habits with our light, with our gear, with, with our camera itself okay, what are the defaults that I typically work towards? Why are those the default? What am I avoiding? Like you remember when you first start looking into to strobes and how like intimidating it feels until you get it, until you're like, oh, this isn't scary at all. And it's because you had the moment of curiosity to just experiment and and sort of lean into what do these numbers mean? And, oh my God, what happens if I suck? And, oh, I can't do this because I, I work really well with natural light, but now strobes, oh God, oh, that's all it is? Okay, cool. Well, when you start looking at the way you use your gear and what it is that you're typically avoiding, right? Because you're avoiding, maybe it's high ISO because you don't like noise, or you're not comfortable in lower shutter speeds because of camera shake. Uh, what what are those what are some of those things just from a technical perspective that you could leverage to learn more about how to use them from an artistic standpoint instead of oh really noisy or oh that blurs there and she's out of focus okay what if that out of focus is intentional right and how can you create work that is evocative for people using those those pieces or aspects of skill in your favor I really like this idea of moving toward the things that we would avoid, or in in my case, it's usually, I, I just phrase it as like the things that scare me. Um, I really like the idea of moving towards those things because clearly there's something about that that has kept us from exploring those areas, whether it's where, whether we don't feel proficient there or, um, you know, maybe we have seen work that that used those techniques and we didn't really connect with it. And I think it's a fantastic idea to ask ourselves, well, how can I explore this in a way that works for me? Um, and I had some experience with some friends um, early in our career who were natural light photographers. They really wanted to avoid strobe. And a big reason was because they didn't like the look of a lot of the work that they were seeing that used flash. I remember a lot of them said it looks flashy, right? Like it looks like strobe was used. And it wasn't until they had... Uh, stepped forward and experimented with that a little bit that they realized that there are of course techniques that you can use that where you would never be able to distinguish the fact that a flash or a strobe was used um and then of course they were able to move into that level of comfort where they could explore and start finding out well how can i use that for me and i remember um you know for anybody who followed sue bryce that was a big 
step for her as well was moving in towards using artificial light um, because for a long time she just didn't really understand didn't really understand it and it took the right circumstances and it took the right person for her to be able to comfortably move into that place and start exploring and it was cool to see the big changes in her work once she had the control of the light whenever she wanted it rather than just when it was available and i think the same is probably true for all of us so i it would be a great way for us to ask ourselves okay i recognize now that i'm not where i want to be one of the things we might be able to do is ask ourselves well, where am i uncomfortable what things do I avoid? How can I start exploring those things and learning from them, take advantage of them, all that stuff. So I really like that idea. Um, Becca, what about you? What are your thoughts on growth? And what do you do to start growing past where you're at now or when you get stuck and into more of where you want to be? So there's a... Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that I like, and that is, uh, make the most of yourself, for that is all that you have of you. And I'm a big proponent of lifelong learning. And Matt kind of touched on this already, but we are always in a perpetual state of learning and growth, whether we want to be or not. Every single thing that we do every day offers an opportunity for some kind of growth. When you're cooking dinner and you turn the heat up on your stove a little too high when you're sauteing your garlic and it burns, that's a learning experience, right? That's a way for you to grow as a cook. Um, and how, like, I definitely do struggle, uh, not with being bored, because I don't really get bored. The world is just far too interesting for me to be bored ever. But, you know, with not having necessarily the time that I want to consciously apply towards learning uh, in large chunks like that, that is a constant annoyance in my life that I would like to just take several months to focus on learning certain things. And I just cannot functionally do that because I have reached this point where I have a comfortable business. I have regular customers. I've achieved the dream, but I want the dream to be bigger. So I make a point in all my work to apply something new and to make an effort to learn something new, technically, at the very least, uh, just for my own growth regularly. Um, so whether it's just, you know, I'm going to approach painting water differently, or I'm going to try, you know, this way of compositing in a way that I don't usually do it, just because it challenges me, and it makes me think differently, and it makes me try things new, because then I am actively engaging my brain in that process of growth and growth and that process of learning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do feel like it is very, very important to constantly create those challenges for yourself. And that could be anything from, you know, these conversations in the morning and challenging the ideas that were up here <laughs> spitting out into the universe, you know, or any conversation you might have with your friends or listening to a book, reading a book, you know, turning on something on YouTube and just listening to someone talk about something completely outside your wheelhouse, because that's going to give you new information and allow you to create those, again, creative connections and grow in your art, in your philosophy, in your business. So yeah, I'm very pro grow, 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 grow as much as you possibly can, because you have no choice. Otherwise, you're getting information, whether you want it or not, what you do with that information is up to you. Ooh, okay, we've had so much good stuff this morning. There were two things that I really wanted to snag out of what you said. And the first is, 
um, what we do here in the mornings. And so a big part of the reason we have these conversations is absolutely to challenge ourselves. And that's one of the things that I've noticed um, is that if I start to get uncomfortable being challenged or having my ideas challenged um, or even my preferences or things that I have believed in the past, if I start getting uncomfortable having those things challenged, um, I recognize I'm stagnating, right? Once I start getting so set in my, in my beliefs about what is true or what is right or what is whatever, um, that I cannot stand to have them challenged, I recognize that as a danger spot for me. So that's why I think these conversations and a lot of the philosophic conversations that we have are so important because they ask us not what's right or wrong, right? Like that's, that's never really the intention of what we're trying to do here. It's always, how can I take this thing and examine it and ask myself if it's true for me? And if I'm not willing to examine it, then I'm essentially saying I am fine stagnating and I'm not fine stagnating. <laughs> At least I'm not personally. Um, I'm like you in a lot of ways in that regard. I want to be growing. I want to be experiencing. I want to be exploring. And so that kind of leads into the other part of my response to your thought is that for me, when I want to grow, my answer is always find a new thing to learn. And that is often some other technique. It rarely at this point. So there, there came a point where, let me rephrase that. On the beginning, I was learning as much about photography as possible. I was buying tutorials when I could get them. I was watching videos. I was buying books because back in the beginning, there wasn't a whole lot of online education. So I bought all the books that I could. I probably still have like Scott Kelby books somewhere and books by photographers I don't even know their names of about weddings. Um, but I was getting everything I could, learning as much about photography as possible, shooting every chance I got, shooting around other photographers, talking to other photographers, and then slowly over the course of years, there came a point where the tutorials just stopped hitting home for me. They stopped teaching me the things that I wanted to learn because I knew these things now and I was getting the, the little gold nuggets that help you get to the next level became fewer and farther between. And that's when I started looking outside of photography to painting, to cinematography, to watercolor, to sculpture, to other areas where I could explore and start finding what I could learn from those things and how I could combine them with the work that I was doing or how they just forced me to think in a different way that allowed me to see my photographic process differently so that I could approach new things differently. When those things happened, those were the times I saw a lot of the biggest growth. So for me in the question of how do we grow? So once we've, it's fine. Once we've determined that growth is important for us, um, then the question becomes how, and the first thing for me is what new thing can I learn? And then the other thing is how can I change everything up? So that might be, I'm gonna completely change where I'm shooting. I'm gonna completely change the gear I use. I'm gonna give myself some creative limitations that I have to work within to force myself to be able to think within the parameters that I've defined so I can explore every square inch of area inside there, um, which does exactly what Kat was talking about before. It kind of forces you into the areas that you might have avoided otherwise so that you have to explore those things. So for me, those are the, the really big 
things. And sometimes the growth isn't even always in the technique. It's in my way of thinking, my way of coming up with ideas. And so it may be that it's not necessarily now I've explored technique more and I have better technique to express myself. Now it's how do I actually come up with the ideas that I'm, I'm communicating? Um, and how do I realize those things? And maybe there's different areas to explore that are going to help me speak in a different way. So for me, so far, those have been the things. Um, and I see that Michelle's hand is up. So Becca, go ahead, Michelle, I'm trying to grab you. I'm not sure why it's not working. It's not working, but I'll work on it. Becca, go ahead. I just also on, on the challenging topic. I mean, even in applying different things to the way you think or your technique, whatever that may be that you were challenging, like how exciting is it to be wrong sometimes though? Like, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I mean, that's, it, it's kind of invigorating, right? Like there's this whole new way of thinking or this whole new way of doing things that I don't know about because I was wrong. Like it's this beautiful wide open door of possibility. And I just, maybe that's really just a mindset thing, but it, it's exciting to be wrong and to have that challenge presented to yourself. No, I agree with you. And I think that some of the, some of the best things or some of the times when I've moved so much farther than I expected were the times when I realized I had been wrong. And I like the idea of being more right than I was before. <laughs> and so it's always like, hey, I'm just a little bit more right every time I learn that I was wrong before. So I kind of like that idea. Exactly. It gives you that opportunity to be better, to be more right. Yeah. So that's just my own personal philosophy for the day there. <laughs> I like it. And I agree. Um, Sizzle, let's go ahead and have you. And um, Michelle, I was trying to grab you. I'm not sure why it wasn't working. If you ha hadn't intended to come up, then no worries. But if you did, please feel free to raise your hand again and we'll try to get you. Sisala, what are your thoughts on growth and growing? Oh my God, it's the constant pursuit, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's interesting. So I started out um, painting and drawing. That's That was like my creative pursuit up until the age of like, 19 or 20 when I discovered photography but the interest and, and I kind of I kind of stopped um after I started photography because it felt like that avenue of me was being fulfilled through photography but sometimes every once in a while I pick up the brush again and the interesting thing is every single time I do that I have become a better painter so personally and as she, as she was saying, like, yeah, you need to challenge yourself. You need to explore different avenues. And maybe you need to explore different ways of expression. Maybe, like, to me, growth is alpha omega. It's something, it's not a choice. Like, I, th I think as humans, it, it's really damn difficult to not grow. We are made in a way that makes us, enables us to learn from our experiences. Some people choose not to, but that's a different matter. Um, but it's really like you have to actively <laughs> fight that growth in you uh, in order for it to not to be a, to to become a thing. Um, but every single time that we explore different avenues, widen our bandwidth in one way or the other, add this different unknown element into our work that we haven't played with before, we grow. We work with someone maybe we're not used to working with that challenges us. 
um, we listen to things that that widens our brain. For example, me after listening to the Artist Forge for I don't know how many months at this point, um, is starting to make my brain work the same way it did when I was younger. That when when I was just actively creating, I wasn't thinking about the business size. I just wanted to create things. My brain is getting the ideas back. My brain is starting to to want to explore things, and I'm getting I'm getting visuals of what I want to create. So. To me, growth is incredibly important. Um, <laughs> it's not a choice, and it is also, but it's also something you actively have to work on to get to a different level um, by doing different things that you wouldn't normally do. Get yourself out of your comfort zone. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. That particular quote is one I have always gravitated towards in particular because there are so many areas where being comfortable is a high priority to me and I don't know if that is because of you know having a more tumultuous childhood or or whatever it is but finding those areas of of comfort and stability are really important to me and I recognize that in the areas where I'm looking for that desperately it absolutely is hindering my ability to grow because the truth is that no matter what we do at some point, um, things are either going to hit a wall or a bad thing is going to happen. And when it happens, am I going to be able to get through that? Am I going to be anti-fragile in that state or is it going to completely destroy me? And if it's going to completely destroy me, then maybe I had better practice a little bit of daily discomfort so that I can withstand the pressures of those changes happening rather than crack underneath them because the process of cracking and rebuilding is a lot less enjoyable than the process of kind of um, inoculating yourself against the discomfort and learning to enjoy it in a way like becca was talking about when we find out that we're wrong you first we've talked about this a lot but the first thing that happens is we have this desire to protect our ego right because at the seat of who we believe ourselves to be are a lot of assumptions and a lot of beliefs. And one of the big ones there is the things that I believe to be right are right. And when those are challenged, our initial protection mechanism for our internal self is to deny that, right? Like to try to find evidence to the contrary or to try to figure out how we can still be right in that circumstance because we need to protect our idea of who we are when you start to get comfortable with the idea that you can be wrong and that maybe other people are more right than you or that the discomfort doesn't really have to be so uncomfortable it can be a really fantastic catalyst towards new growth and new ideas all of a sudden the the quality of the discomfort changes and it becomes in a way if you've ever felt um if you've ever felt excitement and fear if you think about how those two things behave in your body they're really really similar um, you feel jumpy, right? It's hard to stand still. There's adrenaline going. Your hands may shake. Your palms may sweat. Your heart may pound. And the only difference between that excitement and that fear is what is stimulating it. The, the physical sensations are often the same. Um, you might even freeze up. Um, so recognizing that even though that those physical sensations are the same, they can come from different places that discomfort doesn't necessarily, those, the physical sensations that come from discomfort don't have to presage bad things. We can see them as 
a kind of omen of good changes to come. So I really like the idea of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Um, so if you're in the audience today and you have any thoughts on this, please feel free to raise your hand. We want to bring you up and hear from you. And Basam, I know you had to uh, go away for a little bit, but do you have any thoughts on this idea of growth? Is it something we should be seeking? And if it is, how do we do it? What are some things we can do to grow as artists? Yeah, yeah, I apologize. I, I actually had a, 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 a an inquiry from a potential client, so I, I took the phone call and it was very good, actually. So sorry for missing, and, and I, I'm not sure what was discussed while I was gone, but I, I kind of my what was going through my mind uh, uh, was uh, some fundamentals about about growth, and absolutely agree with everybody that growth is natural, and growth is what we're all looking for as as uh, as individuals, as human beings. But I also wanted to stress that it's you know we we, we cannot impose a definition of what growth is, and it, it's really uh, it it it's uh, uh, rel relative. The whole subject is relative. Everybody grows in a different way, and I think it's it's like everything else we've discussed in the past, right? It's you know, I mean Matt went on so wonderfully talking about all the thought process and how you can approach change and how you can ask questions. But to me, uh, the level, uh, the, sorry, the growth, the level of growth uh, and, and how you define your own growth is directly related to some personality traits like curiosity, like motivation, right? So, so, uh, uh, so number one, don't judge uh, the, the, uh, the type of growth and also the definition of growth or the magnitude of growth because each person has their own definition and and unless they are uh, uh, practically comparing themselves to other others in terms of where they want to be, and they are kind of uh, uh, deliberate about comparing themselves to others, their only comparison is what was I like yesterday, and am I growing every single day? Which I think is really uh, the right thing to do, regardless. Is is am I better today? Have I grown more today than I than I than where I was yesterday? But but also. Their level of motivation, their level of curiosity, really drives, uh, you know, uh, their growth. So uh, that's what was going through my mind. Um, I think if I was to give any bit of advice about growth, is the curiosity is the biggest thing in our world, right? The more curious you are, the more you look around, the more you can, you know, take things, look at things, and 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 have a, a proper, you know, thought process about them. The, the better you're going to be on the other side. So, yeah, that was that's what was going through my mind, but I don't know if that was already discussed or where you got. I really like um, also focusing on curiosity there. I think it is kind of one of the seminal traits of humanity, but also one of those things that we can we can lose a little bit when we do become really comfortable. And I think that's in part why so often growth is accompanied by discomfort once we find an area where we can be safe. And I mean, this makes a lot of sense from an evolutionary perspective, right? We we're kind of hardwired to seek out safety. We don't want to be in dangerous situations. We want to avoid those if we can, because safety generally means you're going to live longer. Um, but it doesn't do a whole lot for us as far as mental stimulation goes. And so then we invent things to continue to stimulate ourselves, <clears throat> like card games and, you know, 
things that we can do in order to continue to get those feelings. And if we become too comfortable, if we become too, um, too willing to stay in one place and we lose some of that curiosity, then the ability to grow then definitely becomes more dangerous or endangered. And we have to be considering ways around that. So I like having curiosity as a kind of a marker for a thing that we should continue to nurture, seeking out that new information. And as people who value novelty, which is weird that our desire for safety and our desire for novelty should both exist simultaneously. Um, we get to choose, I think, which things we nurture. Um, and for some of us, maybe nurturing that sense of comfort, maybe that is important. I think we all know people who are happily homebodies, right? Who who don't really seek out the new thing. They have their routine, they're comfortable and they like it. And if they're happy, then maybe I suppose, you know, that's the kind of alternate side of this question is, if you're good, maybe it's not something you got to worry about. Maybe you can just not be concerned um, with the question at all. No, and, and and you may ask them, and you, you, even though they're comfortable and they're happy, and, and what you just said, uh, maybe to us, when we look at them, and when, when we look at, uh, at them, we may feel they're just stagnating. If you ask them about growth, they may tell you, hey, I'm growing every day. It's their definition, right? Which is probably why they're happy because they think they're growing every day. Sorry, I'm saying they <laughs> and they, but no, but it's 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 all relative, uh, relative, right? Yeah, we can never know what's going on inside somebody else and where they've come from too, right? Maybe this, maybe what their growth into was into a place of comfort. You know, maybe we're growing out of um, out of destability and into a place of comfort. You never know an interesting thing to think about from opposing perspectives. So Erica has joined us. Hello, Miss Lady. We'd love to hear your thoughts on growth this morning. Hello. Um, I'm going to bring it down to more of a practical side and for me, a more painful side of growth. Um, I think it's, you know, what has been talked about is more of an internal feeling like we, we want ourselves to grow and what we're thinking about moving forward. But I think there's a real a real component to, um, you know, what the, the society and the industry and things external from us and our feelings personally that, um, propel us to grow. Um, you know, social media is one such example that, you know, it is painful sometimes to try to keep up with social media um, so my business can move forward, but I feel like it's important for the growth of my business. So, um, that's just one example. There are many, many, you know, that you can go back forever, um, that just the industry and what we do, the, the, what is available to us changes, which kind of forces us to need to grow. Yeah, I, I know we've talked about forcing functions before um, and it's interesting from that perspective. In a lot of ways, it seems like let's just say the universe is not content just to leave us alone. Um, not content ever to say, look, they're happy. Let's just not let anything happen. There always seems to be a forcing function that will come along and, and push growth upon us. And then the question is, 
do we accept that, right? And I know that's kind of been a theme that we've mentioned a few times so far this morning, but um, even Cicilla mentioned, you know, and some people will fight against that growth and, and work not to be changed by those circumstances. But for most of us, we will have things come along in our life or our business or our artistic pursuits that all of the sudden throw everything else into relief, whether it is some kind of catastrophe or some new thing or a change in circumstances or whatever it is that all of a sudden will not allow us to continue to stay where we have been and remain comfortable anymore. And all of a sudden the price of staying the same outweighs the price of changing. And we either kind of fight to stay within those comfortable realms, or we accept the fact that everything is gonna change and we can grow from that. And those forcing functions come in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we find them in the form of illness, Sometimes we find them in the form of changes in the marketplace. Um, a lot of people at the beginning and to mid stage of the pandemic were forced to change wildly the way that they worked their business model in order to stay open. And we saw so much innovation with the way that a lot of people were working in order to continue to support themselves in circumstances that nobody ever foresaw. And when these things cease to become relative, what we will have learned from that experience will drive us into places other people who did not take advantage of that forcing function for change will not be able to take advantage of. Um, and all of us have experienced at some point those forcing functions that won't allow us to stay in that zone anymore. And however they appear, we then have that choice as Becca and I were talking about, do we accept that thing or do we fight to stay where we are? And sometimes the fight to stay where we are damages us more than the forcing function ever could have done. Sometimes we need to be, you know, a palm tree in the wind instead of an oak tree. And I'm using that example because palm trees are meant to be blown all to hell. They meant to bend. They're meant to shift. Oak trees are much more stolid. And if you get serious enough wind, pieces, if not the whole thing, can be blown over. So thinking about ourselves that way and the fact that we are malleable and neuroplasticity is a thing and we're meant to adapt to our environments, um, taking advantage of those opportunities to continue be to become more anti-fragile, to become more flexible, to be able to bend more means that we never become brittle which is really important when your world is surrounded by changing circumstances and storms that might blow you around. So whether this is applied to us as people and a lot of our beliefs or our preconceptions or ideas that we hold dear and when those things get challenged or whether that is in our lives. And I think having been part of a family, I've been moving since I was a small child. I never i don't think my family ever stayed more than two or three years in a single place um so i've been to many schools in many different parts of the state of washington and then once i was 19 many different parts of the country and world and at this point the idea of staying in one place in some ways is scary to me because every two or three years i start to get the itch it's time to go now but that has forced me to find certain ways where I'm really flexible in my thoughts and my behaviors and then other ways where um, I have to maintain some sense of normalcy. And so those things must remain the same. Otherwise, it's really difficult to orient myself. So it might also be important for us to recognize that not everything needs to change all at once. And if we are after growth, it is okay to take those things in small steps and maintain 
some levels of comfort somewhere so that it's not rebuilding yourself from the ground up, but it's making incremental changes in certain areas. That also might be something to think about. All right, as we come to the end of the hour, I wanna make sure we have some time for final thoughts. And if you are in the audience today and this conversation has sparked anything you feel like you would like to share with everybody, um, please feel free to raise your hand and we'll bring you up here at the last minute. But friends on the panel, any thoughts, any final thoughts on growth or anything you just want to kind of reiterate and drive home for folks to take home with them today? I think the only thing that I would close with is something that Bassam reiterated as well, which is it's individual, right? Your your growth and the measurement of your own growth is singular to you and is not defined by somebody else. That's it. I agree and I like it. Anybody else, any kind of final thoughts on growth? Okay. You're quiet for today. So a few practical things as we start to close down today. It's important, as Matt mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation, for us to be constantly doing those check-ins with ourselves. And when we feel those needs start to arise to, instead of just jumping on them without thought, maybe give ourselves a little bit of time to start to digest those things, to ask ourselves those questions. Why do I feel the need to do this? Where is it coming from? Um, and then ask ourselves how we can move forward. And if we are determining that we're in a time and a place where growth is a critical thing for us and it's being done for reasons that fit with our kind of heart motivations and the things that we want, some of the things that we can do are to seek out where we are avoiding things. So what have we tried to stay away from? What areas of skill or technique have we been avoiding? Maybe you've really been hiding from anatomy like your life depends on it. Maybe you have not wanted to try some specific techniques because they seem intimidating to you. Or maybe there are certain areas that you just haven't even delved into as far as concepts or thoughts because you recognize that there is some fear or discomfort there. Um, for many of us, that exists internally, certain topics or things that we have not wanted to explore because they hit sensitive spots. So those things can become, in a way, blinking lights that say, here you go. If you want to grow, it may be time to face this thing. Some of the other things that we can do are seek out new experiences, new ideas, learn new techniques, get ourselves outside of our comfort zones a little bit so that we can start synthesizing these new ideas and finding out how they could work for us. And sometimes the way that they work for us is just to force us to think differently. And this is why I'm always encouraging uh, photographers in particular to go and learn from cinematographers, illustrators, and painters, because the way that they think about things like composition and light uh, are different in, in a lot of ways than the way photographers do and the way that they compose images and think about things like you know tone and shape language and things like that are different often than the way that photographers do so those things may challenge us to think a little bit differently and pull those things back into our own area of specialty um and then also recognizing that it's okay to be a little bit uncomfortable discomfort doesn't have to be something that we run from it can be something that we lean into and when we start to do that, we may recognize that the things we're hiding from weren't so bad after all. Uh, and we can use those areas as areas for growth. 
So there are a lot of practical ways that we can push ourselves to grow, whether that is I'm going to go find somebody who is an expert in my field and look to them for mentorship or take their classes or whatever, or whether that's I'm going to go find somebody who thinks entirely differently and really challenge myself and see what value there is in the way that this person thinks or approaches these topics. Um, and hopefully what we do here every day together also is a little bit of a catalyst for growth because the idea is to hear opposing points of view, to challenge one another. And I know a lot of us tend to agree with each other often. Um, I, miss, I miss the coach real bad sometimes because he's one of those people who is not afraid to show up with an opposing viewpoint. And if you are in the audience and you ever think, nah, this doesn't sound right to me. Oh my gosh, please come up. Come up and tell us why we're wrong. I love that more than I can tell you. I want to have those conversations. I think we need to put ourselves in positions where we can be challenged and our ideas can be challenged so we have a chance to see that there might be more we can learn. If nobody ever disagrees with you, man, you're stuck at that point. How do you even move beyond there? That's what pain exists for. Pain exists to tell you that something is wrong. If you never experience it, you never have a chance to know what else you could know to be a little bit more right, to be a little bit more full, to be a little bit more complete and complex as a person. So I invite that. I hope that you will. And if you can't do it here um, because you're at work, then maybe you can in the Facebook group. So I would encourage you guys to go hang out in there. Um, share your thoughts. Share your challenges. Don't be afraid to have a dialectic or a disagreement as long as it's respectful let's explore those things also encourage you to head over to the artistforge.com we've got blog posts and podcasts going up in there daily um and i am asking y'all now if you want to write a blog post for the artist forge i would encourage you to submit that um as long as it is on kind of our core topics, which are you know things like visual literacy and process, creativity, those kinds of things. We're not necessarily looking for anything on technique per se, because there are already platforms out there for artists teaching technique in a wonderful way. Um, we are here mostly focused on the way artists think, how we behave. So I would encourage you guys to uh, I would encourage you guys to to do that if you want to be able to write, send those things to to me, you can message me just about anywhere um, and let me know and I can give you some of the parameters that we'd be looking for. But I'd love to share your work with your backlinks and all of those things to your website. Um, so feel free to do that. Also, don't forget to join us Thursday night. That's tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 p.m. for the West Coast and 9 p.m. for the East Coast for the live stream. It must be a busy month because we haven't seen any cell phone photos yet. I don't know what you guys are doing, but it's making me feel bad. Um, I'm just kidding. But I was really hoping to see some of your work. So if you haven't had a chance yet, you still have some time to go make some art with your cell phone camera. Share that in the group with the hashtag January challenge. We would love to have a look at those on the live stream. And I hope you'll join us for that because being there with you guys is the best part, being able to hang out with everybody. So I hope you'll come and join us in the Facebook group or on YouTube um, at Nicole Creates. And in the meantime, until tomorrow morning, bright and early, as we always get together at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, that's 6 a.m. for the West Coast and 9 a.m. for the East Coast, afternoon for our friends overseas, go make something amazing, have a fantastic day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. 
We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.